0: earlier in this series of bob into buildings we spoke to mark savage about the design of the energy from waste plant savage and chadwick were also project architects for the nsc and the mea buildings in paul rose did they tender for the mea complex i asked mark
1: we were approached by the mea um, to design their power station. They asked us to design the building from the start and they asked us to, to start with a concept of um, uh, a building that was striking and giving something back to to Douglas, because it is in a sort of urban environment and unusually for a power station and it's usually on the edge of an industrial estate somewhere. So that was our brief really and um, from then uh, the brief kind of developed um, in various different directions, and we were asked if we would design a building that was transparent, so you could see the engineering internally, uh, and celebrate the engineering internally if you want. I think that was the phrase that was used. As far as I know, that had never been done before, um, and it's probably never been done since, <laughs> but we, we, we managed it. Um, technical challenges such as noise breakout, solar gain, Um, maintenance, all those sorts of things were were quite challenging, but we we managed it. We met the brief in the end. It was was probably
0: about a four-year project. It's a great chunk of a building, isn't it? Yeah. Um, But first of all, as we discussed with the incinerator, you've got to find out what goes inside, and then you've got to put a shell around it.
1: That's right. In this case, what was going inside was two gas turbines that would generate 85 megawatts of power, um, and it was also linked to the undersea cable connector, so power could be fed both ways. It could be um, taken from the national grid or it could be fed to the national grid. Fast response gas turbines, which these these are, were capable of short notice supply. Uh, and, uh, and as I understand it, um, the national grid would contact the MEA, have you any spare power, and they would feed it down back down the line. So... That was that was fairly significant in the in the pro process, and we then took the size of those units and and we designed around them. But we had to design it with the engineers, uh, the process engineers, very similar to the incinerator, where we 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 worked with the engineers rather than um, taking what they produced and adapting the building to suit. So consequently, we didn't let them blow holes in the side of the roof and the, the, the walls because we didn't want to see those. Uh, we didn't want to see equipment protruding from them. And we, and we managed it for the most part. So yeah, you do start from inside out with a building like this because um, it is highly serviced.
0: All of a sudden then you've got exactly what you want on the inside and you've then got to put this shell around it Mm. how far away from the building do you look at it to think yeah we could do that there and with it because you've got four elevations of the building. You have um, and our
1: brief just didn't extend to four elevations of a building it extended to the chimney as well but unusually the power station is, is viewed from quite close by. Uh, normally these buildings are so large that they're separate from everywhere else and you can see them from half a mile away. Uh, for, for this it was a matter of a few hundred yards at most. So people were able to see into to the building and therefore you were able to, to celebrate some of the architecture uh, as well as the engineering inside. Um, and then a brief extended to the flues, which are not just the two gas turbine flues, they were the existing diesel flues. Well so as the diesel still runs from that time to time um, as backup and there's four diesel engines there so there's six flues to accommodate uh, all of which were hefty enough diameter and how do you make that elegant so we dispensed with the original or the traditional slip form concrete um, solution and we surrounded the flues in a in a a stainless steel mesh which then rose to to a spire at the top which again as far as I'm aware has never been done before or since.
0: That, I was admiring it only yesterday when I went down the recycling plant. Yeah. It, it is a very attractive flue, isn't it?
1: It is, um, and again, quite technically challenging, because what the MEA, as they were then, wanted to do was connect their new um, 85-megawatt power station to their existing control room, which was extended on the side of the diesel uh, station, and in the way of that was the new flue, so we, we put a walkway right through the middle of it. I don't think you can see it from the road, but if you look, if you look closely you'll see it there, that there's a walkway going at high level from one from one building to the next, and penetrating the flue at low level, below the level that the flues actually turn and go upward. So quite challenging really.
0: The curved uh, roof, um, a lot of buildings now have these curved roofs. Yes. I'm assuming that flat roofs have problems.
1: Flat roofs do have problems. A flat roof isn't ever a flat roof in the sense that it's always got a minimum pitch of a fall. Mono-pitched roofs we could have used, but I think more elegantly a curved roof probably does the job and because we used a standing seam aluminium covering and we rolled those sheets out at high level in a a rolling machine which takes the raw aluminium at one end profiles it through a roller and then you go straight onto the roof so it's seamless. and as it's seamless, it's, it's uh, about as waterproof as you can possibly get. So that was quite a challenge too. And uh, that worked quite well. And then we have a, 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 a monopitch going the other direction towards the uh, NSC end of the, um, of the building. So the two complement each other quite nicely.
0: I bet you the brickies loved you because you gave them curve lines to work to as well.
1: Yeah, they did. <laughs> uh, I remember it well. It, it, was, uh, it wasn't just curves, the, um, the, the, the external glazing is, is sloped outwards to minimize solar gain. So there was a diminishing um, parapet between the bottom and the top of the building and then of course the brickies had to work to a, a, a curved profile at the top but nonetheless if, I think it looks pretty well when you, when you drive past it now, it looks pretty crisp and sharp.
0: Whose decision for brickwork as compared with presumably render? Uh, it was the MEAs actually, it was they, their,
1: their existing um, station was brickwork. Uh, brickwork is a low maintenance material, the last thing we want to do is render something you had to paint and clean um, and brickwork is generally self-cleaning as long as you choose the right brick Um so was maintenance as much as anything but also appearance because it, it blended in with what was there already
0: and you've got flush joints as well so that yeah. helps the cleaning it, as well. it does yeah, yeah so we come to the glass yeah you keep saying about zero heat presumably this is to protect the people who work inside and to protect the machinery from the rays of the sun it, it
1: is the, the machinery itself generates heat uh, as you can imagine uh, and, and um, if we if we take that heat with what are pretty much 30 meter high glass walls at the highest point and the solar gain from that would be unbearable inside so you, you'd be generating electricity to cool something which doesn't make any sense. So what we did was design the outer pane um, to slope outwards the inner pane is vertical There's a, there are maintenance platforms in between if you look closely and um, The outward leaning pane stops solar gain because there's no direct sunlight penetration. The inner space between the the two panes is actually ventilated naturally at bottom and top. So air is drawn in and then expelled at the top which then keeps that space cool. So the whole thing has a cooling effect without it costing any money to generate cooling. What thickness of glass is it? It's, it's relatively thin. I think the planar, which is the product, I think the planar thicknesses were, were um, 10 mil, something like that, 10 to 15 mil, that because the, the whole thing is supported by rod rigging, um, which is a work of art in itself. The designers of that were, were, were needed a pat on the back because that, that, that needed an awful lot of detail, but it's constantly supporting the glazing on spiders um, at each glazing junction. Um, and as a result, your glazing thickness can be kept reasonably reasonably thin.
0: I'm assuming with the main chunk of glass sloping outwards, is it self-cleaning as well? Yes, it is.
1: Yes, it is. So you haven't
0: got a guy to go up there every week and no, clean the glass?
1: No, no. Uh, and if they do have to clean the glass, um, the, there are maintenance platforms inside so the, the, they can do that relatively easily. It's a fairly easily maintainable building.
0: And I'm assuming you drive by
1: it on a regular basis? I understand from the people that visit my office that... Um, the taxi drivers have a bit of a route that takes you past the um, power station, past the NSC and past the incinerator and they point them out one by one. Um, as we've designed all three, we're, we're quite proud of that.
0: So you were saying then to move on to the NSC building. Yes. Which is once again a chunk of a building on the ground. Yes. And the elevation's quite complicated on that one.
1: The, they are quite complicated, again the curved roofs. Um, the most complicated elevation is the wet leisure um, end which was a phase one, whereby at that time we we couldn't design what's called a warm roof, where we had to design um, a ventilated roof because um, warm roofs were at that stage not accepted by the industry, they are today. Um, so the steps in the roof, it's, it's curving in two directions, it's got Quite heavy roof lights in it. They've got upstands. The whole roof, the whole roof structure is and was very, very complex to to design. As as it moves through its phases, so the dry, uh, the atrium, the, the the dry leisure, the the main sports hall and bowls hall and smaller sports hall squash courts, the roofs get easier because they're, they're in easier construction and they're generally mono monopitches, although all a curved.
0: Access appeared to have been a problem a it, lot of steps
1: it, 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 it is a problem uh, in the sense that where you want to access a public building such as that is on the first floor because all your changing ancillary facilities tend to be in ground floor so we had to manipulate the levels into that building to get you in at a half level up and then a half level again so, so when you walk through the main atrium doors you, you're on first floor level that allows the whole of the ground floor to be to be utilised for the for the changing engineering facilities that it should be.
0: Um, one of the big problems was the water levels. Obviously, flooding has caused recently some problems. Yes, was that taken into consideration when you did the design? Uh, it was. There were there
1: were flood barriers. We we didn't actually do the first phase because the first phase phase was was not the the building. It was the outdoor track and um, outdoor centre. And they built uh, a flood level into that. But there were certain flood defences that were part of the NSC building development that that are still there now. Again, the water levels were higher than expected. So what we've since had to do is built in some local flood protection to all the key openings so that if this ever happens again the building is fully protected.
0: Mark from Savage and Chadwick talking about the MEA buildings and the NSC buildings speaking now to Paul Bryson about the many facilities that are now available at the NSC.
2: We'll start on the outdoor facilities. We have the um, AstroTurf uh, pitch which is predominantly used for for hockey um, and, and football, the athletics track um, which as it says on a tin is for, for athletics um, a full size 3G football stadium uh, which is pr- previously known, well, is known as the bowl um, predominantly used for, for football but with a little bit of rugby as well because the length of the pile of the 3G surface is suitable for football and rugby and the length of the pile for the astroturf is suitable for hockey and football
0: do you still do the walk and talks?
2: Yep, absolutely. Um, so that happens on a, on a Tuesday and a Friday here around the athletics track. Um, so yeah, as well as, as the athletics, sort of type training is the health and well-being uh, for the old generation, which is a key part of our strategy. Um, and that's now been going for about 19 years. It um, started at the NSC with a a small group of three or four uh, people set up by my colleague uh, Gianni Epifani and uh, he's done a marvellous job developing that it's now an all island type Activity so it happens in in Peel, Castletown, and Ramsey as well as the NSC. Um, so so yeah, that's been a, that's been really successful. And of course, we have the Raceway Road around the athletics track, which is a half a mile circuit uh, for for people to casually, recreationally sort of walk and run and cycle. And then obviously we have the children's cycling um, and we have Bike for Life, which is a disability cycling uh, activity. None
0: of that has been involved in the current works that are going on here at the NSC. As far as you were concerned, the, you, you had the big flood, hmm. which caused all kinds of problems. Is that when you had to sort of have a rethink?
2: Yeah, I mean, December 2015, uh, I remember it quite well, strangely enough. Um, obviously not expected, didn't really have a, if you like, a contingency plan in place for something like that. You never, these things happen and you don't really think about it until they happen and then you have to solve and uh, Numerous problems. How do you displace and move existing hirers? How does the sporting infrastructure and provision continue when facilities are out of action? I mean, the flood affected the outdoor and indoor facilities. Um, The only place where water didn't get into was a swimming pool, ironically enough. Everywhere else uh, was flooded. A couple of years ago, we've put in place new. A, a new AstroTurf facility, which is predominantly used by hockey, and there was some modifications to the track and indeed the um, the bowl. Um, new brand new sports hall squash courts bowls hall so we've had we've had all that kind of work from between december 2015 and about september 2016. Did
0: you have to like rethink the swimming pool?
2: Not drastically not drastically because the swimming pool is a swimming pool um, predominantly it is that it it kind of does what it says which is a a, is a tank of water that people swim in but what we did do is we we looked at our our customer base and we looked at the improvements we could make and in particular um, we wanted to enhance the experience for people with disabilities we wanted to enhance the experience for those people who um, struggle to get in and out of the pool um, in terms of steps or people in wheelchair users Um, we wanted to improve the flexibility of the space that we had Um, so we have got rid of one floating complete movable floor and replaced it with two separate movable floors so within one half of the pool we can have one depth and another half a different depth whereas previously it had to be the same depth across the, the, the whole the whole way the the benefits of that are for school swimming the benefits are for for our swimming lessons uh, deep water aquifers shallow water aquifer so depending upon the user group in the same area we can have you know we can have a different challenge if you like or, or a different depth which is more, most suits the the needs and the requirements of those that are using it in order to to pay for that of course we had to change the and take the, the part movable floor away from what is effectively the lane swimming pool so that used to have a third of the area the floor could could move and um, so you'd have shallow water then into a fixed depth deep area that's now one complete fixed depth because we had to make a decision around what's the most effective use of of the of the spend in terms of the budget that we have for the project and we felt that that wasn't the most effective use so we we had to think about things like that we had to we had to consider the the changing areas and the needs now um of of people compared to 20 years ago Um, we've increased the number of showers we've increased the number of accessible toilets particularly for people with disabilities we've changed the size um and slightly the layout of the changing village Uh, and the cubicles in the leisure pool to see we've we've included a a zero depth wet wet play area and that that's a section really that we weren't really catering for in society so that would be your sort of zero to to four three or four year olds where um, so you've obviously got the pool for people who can swim the flumes and the, the the whirlpool area for for, for kind of the what I call young children but not the very young Um, so we weren't you could argue we weren't catering for that for that very small child in terms of an entertainment experience in in a pool these are children who can't yet swim can barely just walk Um, but there's something exciting and innovative about tipping buckets and sprays and small little slides and in, in an area that was Pretty much redundant really it was just like a seating area that that was not really that well used um, and so we, we, we really looked at that and, and sort of said how can we better use that space so so yes we've when we looked at you know the improvements we could make I think you know the the outcome is we're very pleased with what we've got and indeed very pleased with what we're gonna get
0: because the the trouble is always with getting out of swimming pools it's usually a vertical ladder but now you've made access a lot easier. But also, I notice uh, an equipment on the side which lowers wheelchairs yeah. into the pool. Yes.
2: Yeah, so if we if we take the, the 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 steps that that go gradually go into the pool, you're right, Bob. That that previously the, the, they were vertical, built into the side of the pool tank, and if you were if you were kind of fit and young and flexible, that you could get in and out of the pool quite easily, just like yourself. Yeah. Um, um, but if, if that was not possible... Um, it was a struggle for people and we we recognize this so we've got these movable um, stainless steel steps which will gradually go into the pool of course the advantage is that people can get in and out of the water much more easily the disadvantage it takes a chunk of your pool away so there's always a compromise and always there's always a we solve one problem but we create another one somewhere else so that that chunk of space that it takes up you know has a compromising impact on the space that we've got available for school swimming lessons for swimming squad sessions so we now have to take those steps out at certain times to accommodate those issues um, in terms of the the other piece of kit, new kits um, next to those sliding um, gradual staircase is the pool pod this is a very sophisticated piece of uh, engineering in which a wheelchair user can be wheeled onto a platform and through the touch of a button, that platform hovers um, just across the top of the pool and then gradually lowers the the person with a disability who's a wheelchair user into the water, and then they can go and swim, and indeed the same thing happens for them to get out of the pool. So we've made huge strides in in, improvements in that area as well.
0: There's more to the NSC than the swimming pool. Mm. One of the areas, as you said, was the squash courts, Yes, and they were particularly well damaged by the flood
2: yeah we in fact we had six small swimming pools um down the squash courts um so the water was up to around people's knee knees if you you know for want of a better expression um so they've all been completely replaced uh redone um and six brand new courts and they're all glass back uh Uh, courts that um, that have been replaced now we're talking about the floods is that we've spent a significant amount of of money on a flood proof system um, of barriers, gates, doors that when we get an alarm or we feel that there's, there's the potential for a flood that these barriers go into place and it will kind of keeps the building waterproof or certainly limits the huge amount of water that comes, that comes into the building. Of course, um, we can't do much about the water table if it comes up through the floor, um, but we certainly can stop it coming through um, doorways and entrances and exits.
0: And you 've got the health facility still on the ground floor?
2: Yeah, we have the fitness zone, um, which is the gym upstairs and the spa jacuzzi and sauna downstairs uh, well used um, We have a, a target group if you like of of that we don't compete with the private sector for those what I would call the, the, the fit gym you know the, the stereotypical gym user. our target audience is those with poor health. And those who come through our referral programs, whether that be through um, physical or mental health, whether that come, you know, for people who need to lose weight, um, instead of perhaps taking medication, um, exercise is a better, it's a better prescri- prescription for, um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and indeed, more elderly in society. Um, if you were to go into our gym, you would I think you'd see a cross section that you wouldn't normally perhaps see in one of the private gyms on the island, and and that's. I think that's right. We, we shouldn't government shouldn't compete with the private sector. their, their target audience is, is, a, is, a, is a group that, that they're working with and, and that's their business and that's not for us to, to interfere with or to compete against ours is to identify the gaps that, and the provision that, that the private sector don't pick up. indeed that's kind of what we do.
0: Are people noticing the differences? Um, in terms of
2: the developments that have happened.
0: Yeah, the the recent. Oh, this is good, isn't it? This is brilliant. Um,
2: I hope so. Um, I.
0: <laughs> You've got a big wall with customer
2: feedback. Yeah, we. I normally only get to hear from people who are not happy um, or disillusioned or dissatisfied and my job is to try and make them as happy as I can possibly make them and solve whatever problems that they have and of course you know uh, one of our ethos or or values if you like is that you know that we, we 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 provide as the best service as we possibly can and sadly um not many people tell you the good things that you're doing particularly well or the or the, the the nice bits but yeah we've had we've had some great feedback of course we have from from our regular hirers and users um and that i think they recognize the the investment that the government has put into this facility we are very lucky i've always said every, most interviews that I, that I do we are very very lucky on the Isle of man that our that our government funds these facilities and these activities if you went to many places throughout the United Kingdom that would not be the case to the level and the standard that we've got here we we've got a facility that everyone who comes over from the UK whether that you know be visitors whether that be sports people um, they always say to me wow you know this is amazing sadly some of our perhaps local residents haven't made that comparison because they haven't visited some sports centres and leisure centres in the UK, um, but we are we are we are very fortunate that that we've had a government that's seen the value uh, and invested, if you like, in the in the health and well being of this generation and indeed future generations because you remove that provision or you don't have those facilities. Participation goes down. Participation goes down. Its physical inactivity goes up. The likelihoods diabetes type two by diabetes goes up. The likelihood is the onset of coronary heart disease goes up. Um, you know obesity, etc., etc. So we're more than I think just a sports centre where what I would call actual you know sport competitive sport takes place. We are we are quite a bit more than that.
0: The car park remains the same.
2: The car park um, does remain the same. Um, we are making some improvements to the parking bays for disabled users out the front. Um, they will be bigger and there will be some improvements to the drop curbs and indeed the gradient for them to get into the building. We've obviously changed the front entrance to the building, um, which is now a very snazzy kind of sophisticated use of different sliding doors that, that, that is far better than the previous um, entrance which actually if you were a wheelchair user you would not have been able to get into the building independently um, you'd have had to have somebody assist you and um, so so again f- far better improvements um, there too but generally speaking though the, the the car park is is still a car park I think the key for me is about the, the, the plan the long-term plan and whilst we know that the swimming pool will be good for another 20 years and and that will be somebody else's job not mine to to redo again or to be involved in redoing again and indeed the sports hall floors barring any major catastrophes um or indeed the roof or whatever it might be with 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 the weather or the climate um then yeah we will have we've been through a period of the last sort of two or three four years of, of quite a lot of work in, a, in effectively creating a brand new national sports center which will be which should, which should see it OK for the next sort of two decades.
0: The MEA and the NSC buildings have been featured tonight in Bob into Buildings. You can listen again to tonight's programme, plus previous programmes in this second series, and also the first series as podcasts at manxradio.com. I'll be back next week at the same time for the last in the present series to again focus on some of the island's most familiar buildings. So from me, Bob Harrison, good evening.